in a world where achievements and accolades motivate us to do more and be more, we're often left wondering, is this really it? Deep inside, you know there is more to life. You're ready to leave behind the old push your way through and claim the deeper life that's calling you. That's where we excel. We're your hosts, Stephanie Allen and Marin Oslak. And this is the Soulful Leader Podcast. Sit back and relax as we share the shortcuts we've uncovered to help you make shift happen. Hi, welcome to the Soulful Leader Podcast. This is Stephanie and I'm here with Marin and we are going to talk about conflict. Ooh, a scary topic for most <laughs> of us, including myself. I would say I'm definitely a professional, um, do not want to go there. Conflict. I, I'm conflict I'm avoider. all about the peace. Yeah, I'm a conflict avoider. All about the peace. How can we make the peace? And looking at so how conflict. I have a question. Yeah. Right. I have a question just from that start of, that you started. What's the cost <laughs> of being, a, you know, a conflict avoider? No, it's, like, it's expensive. Well, we and oftentimes the reason I ask this is because it's it's the preferred thing, right? We're supposed to, you know, smooth things over and make everything okay and and avoid conflict. That's, you know, the the story, that's one of the stories that's out there that's like, oh, that's the best way to do things. And and yet I know there's a cost. So, yeah, tell me tell me about the cost Wait of being that person or being I, in I, that position. I'm going to back it up with before I get to the cost because I think there's an evolution that happens. I think in the beginning of conflict where we tend to be very polar in the way of like I'm going to create conflict because <laughs> I want to stir stuff up and I want to make things happen and I'm not happy and I don't like this and I need to like, you know, fight for my truth. There's kind of that fighter in us. Yeah, And then we fight a lot and we exhaust ourselves. So there's the cost. We're absolutely burnt out, worn out. It's not working. I'm exhausted. So then we kind of ricochet to the other direction and say, oh, I just, I don't have time for that. I don't do drama in my life. I, I just turn and get away from it. And the cost to that is intimacy, is discovering perhaps an amazing attribute of another person. A gift or something, but also of yourself. Like you may not know what might happen, what might get birth when you lean into conflict. Not with not stirring up the conflict, but not leaning out. So it's it's not actually conflict ourself. It's why we're doing it and our reaction to it, our response. Hundred percent. And then the next level would be, can we all just get along? Let's just talk about, you know, why can't we just all get along? It's like the family, you know, at Christmas or a family gathering. And you're like, can we just, you know, for for once have dinner in peace, you know? And, but that's a cost too, because internally now, the, the, then the, the external conflict goes internal mm-hmm. and the internal conflict is trying to get external. So you're, you're in this war within yourself constantly and you don't have an outlet for it. So I always say you're either going to blow up or implode like mm-hmm. one or the other burn out, you know? And so what are the options? What are the alternatives? And I said, I've really been looking at that in myself and, and asking that question, because I think that's a real key is being able to ask questions of ourselves And as leaders, you know, as leaders, <laughs> We aren't supposed to know it all. We're not supposed to figure it all out. And I think that's the old paradigm. That's a conflict. 
or we'll feel very lonely, you know? It will create conflict when we think exactly. that we have to do everything or know it all. It does. It's a, it's, it's a kind of a foundation of conflict and not from, like we were talking about, it's not necessarily, conflict can be a good thing. It's how we grow. It's one of the ways that we grow. Um, there, there are other ways that we can grow. And it's, it's one way. So if we are in that place of thinking, I, I have to know everything, it creates conflict that that's not a growth type, of, right? It, that we talked about, the, it's the yeah. why of the conflict. Am I creating the conflict so that I can grow? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily, you know, so that I can be right, <laughs> which when we think we needed to know everything, now we're being defensive and we're coming from a place of, I need to be right. I need to prove myself. I need to oh. be good enough. And that's, you know, it's so exhausting. And the ego totally starts running the ship mm. and it's like edging, edging God out or edging spirit or love out is what ego is an acronym for me. And when that ego is in charge, it really is separating and dividing ourselves into two camps, so to speak, and for and against, you know, and that doesn't make for love. It, it, I guess I'm looking at an interesting situation of what is it like, and I'm, I'm using this in my own, in my own life. Like just recently, I have gone through a lot of transitions both outwardly and inwardly. And one has led to the other, meaning there's been an outer change and that required an inner change. And then, then there's an inner change which, which required an outer change. And, and what I mean by that is like something in the external world happens. Recently, I had a wonderful uh, therapist that was on board after I've had many therapists leave from uh, the COVID, you know, pandemic, they so they had you're to talking leave. about as a business owner, as one a of business your owner, therapist, yeah. that, that works for you. That's right. She she had to move on for different things, and what I really respect about her is that she she was really honest. She didn't do it passive aggressively. I really respect her because at one point she goes, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm, you know, am I bothering you? Or I have a question and I need to talk to you about this is where I'm coming from. This is what's going on for me. So all the way along, she was extremely honest and it was uncomfortable for her. And I was very aware of how it was uncomfortable for me because inside mm. my itty bitty shitty committee is going, Oh, God, really? I just went through all this again and wah, 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 and here we go. And I had to really look at my internal conflict and just say, slow down, wait, listen. And I had to shift my internal sense of like, instead of reactivity and fighting back or stepping up and saying, how dare you? These are my boundaries. How did you cross? I had to let all that go. I had to like put my ego to the back seat and say, what if this was the most loving thing that was happening for all of us? I had to reshift my internal state of perception and say, what if this was love? What if this was kindness? Mm -hmm. And almost turn myself like from a different perspective and just it's shut up like and listen. <laughs> when you're standing and looking at a room from like one side of the room and you turn, you're like, oh, there's a window over there. That's a totally different view, right? And Beautiful just, example a slight shift of perspective. And I go from looking at a wall to looking at a window and it, there is, when you look out a window, there's a lot more possibility. Mm -hmm. you know? 
Or maybe if you're a creative type, if you're looking at a wall and it's a blank wall, hey, it's like a blank canvas, right? So like right. shifting that perspective. Right. Now, the next level of that, I could say I could have just, you know, shut up and got along to get along kind of thing, which would have been an old way of doing too. But I recognize that I also, in my silence, in my being present to, okay, what wants to happen here? And what if this was the most loving, kind thing that was going to happen? What wants to happen? Then I had to look at, well, what are my needs right now? Or what are the company's needs right now? Right. Right. And you're, so you're in charge, right? Right. Well, and and I'm stewarding something mm-hmm. that I care deeply about. So what needs to happen? It's like, well, there needs to be, you know, communication to your your clients that you've been working with. And, and mm-hmm. so the, the, it was not telling her what to do. There were questions. I was like, so what, what wants to happen? What do you need to do to let the clients know? Cause that would be fair to them or, you know, what, and I would, I would say also with myself, there were certain bills that had to be paid that were needing to look at. And so instead of, instead of fighting, instead of being uncomfortable and running away and putting up or getting along to get along or being passive aggressive, or being a passive aggressive, we sat with it. And it was the most lovely cup of tea and snack that we had each other and just really understanding each other. It's like there was a, there was actually a deeper intimacy in the way of friendshiping mm. and understanding that I believe unfolds. It was a practice for me of like, what kind of leader do I want to be? Right. And I don't want to have my ego be in charge all the time because the ego is going to keep love out. It's going to always be in that protective mode and it's going to siphon in that rescue or that triangle that we've talked to be about before in, in past podcasts of the victim, the violator, and the rescuer. You know, if I keep going around that <laughs> triangle, it's always going to be suffering and it's going to create drama. Yeah. And so what wants to happen to get to the to the higher triangle of love, lover, and beloved? So I want to bring in here, um, we, in that moment where, when conflict shows up and we realize like, like it triggers us, something inside of us starts to feel a little bit like, oh no, that uncomfortability that you were Mm -hmm. talking about. One of the things that I've started to do is to stop and, and realize, okay, that's, it's just a, it's kind of like the warning flag of like, you have an opportunity here. There's an option. It's, it hasn't gone either direction yet. Right. So I can choose to look into my past for, I know what this is. I know how to deal with it and just get going and deal with it. Mm -hmm. And head down, down, butt up, drive (laughs) through it. Right. Gotcha. And why, when you were talking about the, the triangle, why that came up for me was because I think that the minute I go there, I go personally into one of those three modes. I become the victim. Oh, poor me. I, I become the violator of like, okay, like head down, butt up. I'm going full out and somebody's going to get run over. So watch mm-hmm. out because here I come. Or I become the rescuer of like, oh, here I go. White horse and all, right? When I sit in that uncomfortability and you know, like one of the things that you asked yourself is what kind of a leader do I want to be? Yeah. That person doesn't exist in you yet. 
Like you have an idea of who that is and how to do those things. And it's still an exploration. So that means you're presencing the future that's coming in. And that's like, we can't, we can't go to our past to find how to do that. No. So it really is a moment for us to presence and go, I don't know what this looks like. Yeah. And so I will listen and I'll ask questions. And we've done lots of podcasts on questions, right? Questions mm-hmm. are our best friends. Yeah. It's not about big. I guess that lower triangle too is like the fixing, figuring, enforcing. That's that's not right or wrong or good or bad. It's just that that is an old paradigm that is no longer working in the reality of where I want to go in my mm-hmm. future. It's like, it takes the cost of that is a lot of energy, a lot of financial, emotional, physical energy. You know, it's just, is there a, is there a more beautiful way to do this? That, that is going to help me transform because I know I want to evolve. I want to continue to be more of an effective, loving, beautiful person in this world. Mm-hmm. I don't want to default to my old ways because I've been there. I've done that. I want to keep growing and moving. And I know I have a stewardship to do that. It's like to be totally embodying what I would call the feminine, the inner world, that inside part of ourselves, which is about surrendering control. Being comfortable in the unknown. Right. Allowing opening to possibilities, not, you know, not figuring, but simply presencing of what wants to happen. And that requires stillness. Something that's coming up for me is like, this is the basis of our humanity. Mm. Because AI, artificial intelligence right now, is showing us that it can access past information more quickly and better than we can. Of like, you know, I type into chat GPT and I say, I want a letter for my landlord and boom, it's written for me faster than I could even think through it. That's past because mm-hmm. it's surfing data that's already existing So what makes us different from the AI is our humanity. And our humanity is what presences the new, the incoming, the like how things will be in the future to create that. And that's the incoming. That's our gift that we bring to the planet and really does separate us from the exponential growth that's happening in AI. And it, it, it's like, I want us all to embrace our value from that perspective. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm going to say something about that when you're talking about the cost of the AI. It's like, one, it's great convenience, absolute great convenience that you got that letter drafted up ASAP. Like, it's so freaking awesome. But if we're meant to collectively transcend the current paradigms that we're in, you know, where, you know, may it be systems in medical or political or um, financial systems, even relational systems, we cannot go to our past to answer that, like you're saying. And we cannot get a chat bot to figure that out for us either. Mm -hmm. It's going to require us to go to a place we've never been before, which is the future, which is in our heart and soul. It's like the seed of the intelligence 
of what we're meant to become has already been planted in our DNA. It's not outside us. However, the external environments can help to awaken the internal longing of the internal oh, ache or pain of something different. Someone asked me recently, are you lonely, Stephanie? Because you know, I've had a lot of changes, a lot of heartbreak, and I want to say a heart opening. You know, and I had to really, because quickly I wanted to say, yes, I'm lonely. I really miss all this or all that. And I had to catch myself from defaulting to an old pattern from my mm. past. And I stopped for a minute. And that's another key, stopping and just listening. And I said, am I lonely? And I said, no, actually, well, I'm longing for a future that I don't know yet. That there's something I know from my past I don't want to keep repeating. And I'm going to need to stop being the Stephanie I used to know. I need to let her go. And I'm grieving that too because I got really attached to her. Mm. There's, there's some really natural ways of functioning in my world that I can just default on. But I also know if I keep doing that, I'm going to keep on living the same old heartache. And the same of pain. And it's like, how much is enough? Yeah. The story of like, you know, when you do the same thing, you get the same results. And it's true. And so how do we start to shift those things? And, and that's a quality of being humble. We've mm. got to be humbled. Ooh, humble pie, right? Eating humble pie. <laughs> it's like, you know, why are we so ashamed? And we even say, oh, I've got egg on my face or these kind of colloquialisms that we say, but really the humbleness to go, I don't know the answer. And to me, that's true humility. So the false humility is that shame of like, oh, I didn't know. I'm not good enough. I'm not like, right. Oh, right? That's, that's not real humility. Real humility can stand up as a leader and say, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And I need, I need, and and in searching for help. Right. Will you help me? Right. And I, I heard We're something the other to day. Do this together. Yeah. It said, you know, asking for help wasn't isn't about giving up. Asking mm. for help is an act of love that you are so willing to love that you're going to lean in that much more lovingly to be humbled and to allow guidance and help in. Because you care so much I love about yourself that. and the projects or the people that you're serving. It's such a different story from the competitive story that we were taught, especially in business, that it's me versus you. Mm -hmm. Because now there's a wall between us and there is no love. There is no intimacy. There is no connection. It becomes a, you know, an antagonistic place. And when I can say, hey, I don't know, maybe you have the answer. Now it became, becomes a collaborative space. And we may be competitors, meaning that you have the same product that I have. We're doing it in slightly different markets or whatever. And now we're collaborative, collaboratively working on it. And now I, I actually open my heart because I start to get to know you a little bit. And one of the things we've talked about in a prior podcast is, the only way to really know somebody or to love somebody is to know them. Which requires questions. And, and uh, you know, like the willingness to A, say I need help, B, be collaborative, and C, 
ask questions and be Mm -hmm. in that. I don't have all the answers and that's humility. It's not shame. It's not, Oh, I don't have all the answers. Poor me. I should blah, blah, blah. It's, I don't have the answers because I'm meant to do this with other people. We're not meant to do it alone. Mm -hmm. We're really not. I remember when I'm, this is years ago and this is just helping me remember something quite profound when there's chronic pain in the body, I remember one of my teachers saying to myself, you know, if you can ask the pain, what is the question it's seeking an answer to? Mm. You know, what if your pain could talk to you, what question would it ask you? And sometimes as a therapist, I will ask a client a question. And I, I cannot tell you how many times clients have said, where do you come up with all these questions? <laughs> And I always used to say, well, inquiring minds want to know, like, I care. And that's the truth. It's like when we care about ourselves, about another or about, you know, a system or a project, we keep asking questions, not out of an interrogation, like to fix it or figure it or force it, but out of genuine collaborative coming together, wanting to have intimacy and and to solve, not even solve, but to lift it up to a new version that we can't do on our own to kind of peel the layers. I love yeah. the the Shrek thing, right? I'm an onion. I'm That's right. Really, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And it is, it's about there's everything has layers to it. It's never just one thing. It may be an answer for right now. And then the next layer might be a different answer. Yeah. I love that. Earlier when you were talking about um, really getting to know ourselves and like our reason for being, it made me think of like the seed that's inside of us. It's already there. It's not something we have to go find. It is in some ways. And that I think it's the peeling the layers to get Mm -hmm. to that seed that is uh, blossoming inside of us. And it makes me think of a, a tree or a plant where, you know, it's stretching towards the light And you talked about the environment that it needs. It does need the right environment to blossom and to grow. Mm -hmm. So it needs the water and the light and some plants need shade and some plants need dry, you know, dry some, you know, so all of them are different. It's not, it's not all the same, which is perfect for us. And yet an A, an acorn won't ever grow anything other than an oak tree. Yeah. So We're so busy trying to be some other plant than who we came to be that we don't even we don't even know what our original seed was. And I think, you know, it's like one of the things for me that feels most essential for soulful leaders is that that quest to peel the layers of all the stuff that we've been told we should be to get to that acorn, to that, what is my seed? What's my unique gift that I bring to the world? And I don't have to know everything else because somebody else whose unique gift is that, they're going to bring that to my table. If I can, as a leader, be humble enough to say, I don't know, that's not my it's not my answer. You have that answer. Mm-hmm. And now I've mm-hmm. empowered my team. And what a different way of leadership. Yeah, I mean, what would what would our world be like if we were seeking to understand and to to connect with each other 
And we did that by questing, by letting go of our ego and, you know, letting go of an interrogation questions from our ego, but from collaborative questions, from what wants to happen between us, between the world, what wants, what are we being called to do? And, and looking at conflict, not as I did something wrong and I have to fix it, but from an opportunity for greater love and intimacy to know ourselves and each other. That's so funny because I was thinking like this comes directly back to conflict because conflict will still be there. It just Mm -hmm. changes how we approach it, the why that it happens and the who that shows up to to work with it, Mm -hmm. right? And now conflict becomes an opportunity instead of something to avoid, you know, it allows for growth. And you're like, one of our teachers has an expression and Stephanie and I use it all the time of like, hmm, interesting creation. (laughs) And it makes you laugh when you say that to yourself, (laughs) instead of reacting, you know, something like absolutely profoundly, like you just go, what WTF, like what, what, (laughs) you know, if you, and if you can just go, okay, stop, for a second, I'm like, wow, fascinating creation or fascinating response or whatever. Right. It actually will make you chuckle inside. And that laugh, that humor actually breaks a pattern of behavior so that you can now choose a new behavior or choice that is going to call your future rather than keep reliving your past. Yeah. So I think that we'll leave you guys with that this week. And so our assignment, I have an assignment for you. I want you to find as many times in your day as possible that instead of reacting, you go, oh, fascinating creation. And hold presence. Don't try to fix it or force it or figure it out. What would it be like if you just stopped and breathed? Laughed, laughed and said, fascinating (laughs) creation. What wants to happen? Right. That would be loving. That would be the most loving thing that wants to happen here. What is the opportunity here? Not about me, not about them, not about it or they, none of that. Just what wants to happen. Yeah. And then like, don't do anything. Listen, be still. That'll be a great thing challenge for all of us. I think Stephanie and I are doing this with you all this week. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us. And remember that you can find us now on YouTube under the Soulful Leaders. We're still on Facebook and on LinkedIn under Soulful Leaders. So please visit us in one of those places. And we will look forward to seeing you all next week on the Soulful Leader podcast. And that wraps up another episode of the Soulful Leader Podcast with your hosts, Stephanie Allen and Marin Oslak. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to dive deeper, head over to our website at thesoulfulleaderpodcast.com. Until next time.